Welcome to this continued episode of The Language of Play. Today we have a continued episode about teaching language to our children in a dual language environment in a foreign country and with stepchildren. Today's review is from Candy Mott. She writes, A Practical Approach to Better Relationships and gives five stars. A Practical Approach from an Expert. Dina Lynn will help you speak so your kids will listen and listen so kids can communicate. All of this is vitally important to build strong relationships in your family. Five stars all the way. I don't always know who sends the reviews because sometimes we have names on these reviews that are not identifiable. But this one is identifiable. I know this person. She has the podcast, She Coaches Coaches. And in listening to her podcast and talking with her one-on-one, I have learned better how to be a good coach. So just as I have had a coach to help me be better at the job I want to do well, that's what I am for you. If you also sometimes feel like, man, I need a coach to help me figure out my parenting journey and how it is that I can communicate with my kids and make sure that I connect with them along the way, that's what I do. If you're interested in that kind of coaching, you can contact me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. Now let's get on with today's show. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. Thank you for joining us again today to resume our conversation with Cheyenne Clayman. Cheyenne is an American mama of three, raising her kids in her husband's home country of Belgium. She is a mom life mentor and helps mamas create more energy for themselves and their husbands without sacrificing their kids. She is the host of the Energized Mama podcast, where she helps moms find balance and raise Jesus-loving littles. So now I will continue the conversation that I had with Cheyenne, where we had allowed the mic to keep rolling, and we just continued talking. So the topic of the conversation where where we will pick up on is her discussing how it is that she switches back and forth just a little bit using some Dutch, because primarily she wants to use English as her language that she's teaching her son, and her husband teaches Dutch to her son. But there are moments that she wants to make life a little easier for her son and for the others. So listen in where we pick up now with the conversation. Again, I know there's so much worry of confusion, but for instance, for me, what this looks like is there have been times where when we're out at the park, again, here in Belgium, I'm in my husband's culture and country, 
when I'm speaking to Mason directly, I'm speaking to him in English. But if there's other kids around, as of this episode, he'll be three in two weeks. So he's still quite young. And so I'm at the park and, you know, and I'm speaking to him in English or sometimes, you know, you're having to yell at him in English. But for instance, like if I'm amongst a bunch of other kids, what's really important for me is that they also can be included in the conversation. And my son also knows like, when they're speaking to him, even if it's just yelling something at them, like come spelen, which is like come play, he feels at ease to be able to use that language. So I will also uh, sometimes if he's climbing up the stairs, I'll say Mason, which means careful. And so that's the way I've been able to incorporate Dutch even though I really try to speak English this way, I can also incorporate the Dutch too. So when you're at the playground with Mason and he's trying to get other children to interact with him and he's using those words and I can't even repeat what you just said in Dutch. How is it working for him? No, I love it. It's, that's such a great question, you know, and sometimes what's difficult for him is, again, I think it's because when he is immersed and surrounded in Dutch, he will often go to the Dutch. But when mommy's there, I think he he associates mommy with he doesn't even know at this age, because he's only about three, what is English and what is Dutch. It's funny, he's actually had older kids ask him like, oh, you speak English? And he's like, what's English? Like at this age, he does not understand viscerally maybe like you know he understands or excuse me he understands like yeah inside that there's something different but it's just so automatic he just switches between it which is honestly amazing and as a parent that's also one of those moments where you're just like in awe of your child and what he can do at such a young age and sometimes at the park he is speaking to the kids in English and I'm noticing they're not understanding what he's saying. So that's where I, I eat a piece of humble pie, right? That's where I take a step back and I say, okay, what's more important here? And I will speak to him in Dutch, encouraging him to do so as well so that these kids can connect, but also so that these kids you know, I have found that kids are curious, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they often at that age are curious by things that are different. So sometimes we will have a herd of children around us because it's like, ooh, the English speakers. And I'm like, you know, I can stand here and show off and like, use all my English. But then sometimes you can tell the kids don't know what's going on, and they don't understand. And so because I am, I have become bilingual and Mason is too. In that specific circumstance, I'm like, let me let me switch, let me include these children in on our conversation so that we can communicate. And then if I see say Mason not doing something that's kind, or if he's doing something unsafe that um, he's really not connecting with, I then switch back to English. Then I'm like, okay, no, I can pivot here. And that's what I think it is, parents. It's all about pivoting, right? It's not about having to do it 100% right all the time. And I also believe that it's about doing it adjusting to every child. You'll hear so many parents that have more than one child that say, you know, I had to discipline my daughter different than my son. And I had to speak to him differently than my daughter. And I think the same thing with language is I'm really just listening to my son, you know, where my bonus daughter, she, for instance, like she really is scared to speak another language because of what she feels as an accent, but she can understand it amazingly. Where my son, now they're much different ages. They're nine years apart. She's 14. He's almost three. Um, 
oh gosh, that's 11 years apart. Excuse me. She's 11. My math is not as great as my language skills. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but uh, they're all these years apart, but I'm seeing him, especially just, I think at his age and it could, it could be a part of his personality that I see. He doesn't mind to mess up. He plays, he even plays with inflections, like in tonalities. And he likes to speak like this and like that. Oh, and like this, like, and it's so fun as my, and my experience of being a, a nanny, um, I, I nanny for over 50 children in my career and I never had a child do that, like play so much with language. So I love your podcast title, Dina Lynn, because it just reminds me of the playfulness that language can be. Mm-hmm. I love what it is that you're doing too, because you're focusing on connection. You're using language. Yeah. And the way you dive in and, and use some of the Dutch, even though it's not your first language, you're helping your son build connection. And he has freedom now to play with his language. And the other children have freedom mm-hmm. to try. And you've got freedom to do something wrong. And then like say, oh, wait, yes. that's not the right word in Dutch. I'm going to do it this way. Right. And all along the mm-hmm. way, the snafus that you come up with, it gives permission to be able to just mm-hmm. repair be able to just like say, oh, that's not what I meant and learn how to do it without shame, without judgment, without criticism, but to play with it, which is continuous curiosity. And I love how you have stayed in that mindset and that mindset drives then that relationship that is growing so strong and it gives so much foundation to your son. That is so fabulous. One of the things that parents that raise their children in a dual language home are worried about when they come to me is that delay. And you've talked a little bit, you've alluded to the de- the delay that isn't an actual delay of sorts. When we think of delay, there's more than one thing. One is just a time delay. And the other delay is like skills development. Are they disordered? Do they have a problem? And there's the time delay that happens. And we have no reason to be concerned or worried about that whatsoever. The other part is sometimes tricky to tease out, which is, are they not understanding? Is there cognitive development problems? Is there a disorder? What you describe shows to me so clearly that this is a time-only delay. He's got so much input that he has to sort. He has to, like, listen three times instead of once. He has to and, you know, like practice it with his hands. He's got to practice it in Dutch. He's got to practice it in English. He just has so much input to sort out that is simply a time delay. What would you say to parents that are concerned about this? This And did you experience that same fear of, oh no, is my kid going to be able to do it? Absolutely, 100%. And I think, uh, you know, you talk about, have I have I had other parents that were concerned? Oh yeah, my own parents. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is a natural thing, right? I think it looks the same. But- mm-hmm. It's totally no, absolutely. And it's just, it's also, I think people fear what we can't understand Mm -hmm. and what we don't know. Right. And when I think about my family, they don't know, you know, another language, no one else in our family speaks another language. So I know if you're you're out there and you're the only bilingual family in, in your, in your family, your extended family, it can be very scary. It can be very isolating. You can feel very alone. So my encouragement right off the bat would be to please connect yourself with other bilingual families in your area 
And if you can't find people in your area, there are so many Facebook groups out there. There are so many places to connect online with bilingual families. Because I think it's important to be around people that are facing your normals. Because that was the hard thing for me in the beginning is when, um, again, I gave birth to my son um, in the very beginning of the COVID pandemic. So everyone was even more online than they used to be. And I had so many friends um, on the different social media talking about, oh, my son finally said this, or oh, my son finally said that. And my normal, I didn't realize was, for lack of a better word, abnormal to so many other people. I was in my cozy cocoon. Uh, My son never went to daycare. So we were like, my husband and I, entrepreneurs working from home in the middle of COVID, we were just this cozy little circle. It's when we, our son started getting older, the world started opening up again, and you're paying attention online. And it felt like, again, my son is very physically, um, he's very physically advanced, but I started to think, oh my gosh, like his verbal skills, his social skills. He, I've had, I'm having friends who, whose children are younger, speaking to them, communicating like little things they would say, like, Oh yeah, uh my my son Toby asked me for water the other day and I was like, isn't he like 18 months? And Mason at 2 years old still couldn't ask me for something that he wanted to drink or that he wanted to eat. So that was really scary at first, especially being such a chatterbox and a verbal woman myself. I did start to think, "Oh my gosh, like will he be able to communicate? Will he be stuck in his feelings? Will he be able to communicate?" How did you tease that apart then? Like, I have my ideas, but how is it that you knew, or did you not know, that he is truly fine? You've spoken the hallmarks as far as I can see, but what did you notice and how did you settle yourself? I think as, as I shared before, definitely surrounding myself with other bilingual families. I think that was really comforting. Um, I have some more for sure, but I would say in the beginning, it was just nice to hear other people because the people, because the, cause, cause, uh, hear me out parents is that the people that I realized there, it seemed like their kids were more advanced and it was making Mason seem more delayed. Every single one of these were a one monolingual home. So their children were not continually facing two languages all the time. And then when I talked with other bilingual families or even did some research online, you start to realize, okay, this is actually normal. Like Mm -hmm. this is, this is something that so many children struggle with. And I think what was hard for me to address also, I, I had mentioned my parents earlier in the episode, um, just because very well-meaning, very, very loving grandparents, but when their communication is primarily through language, through a device, um, like you're listening to me right now on, right? Through, um, you know, through FaceTime with my son, they were getting very concerned because um, especially more recently too, he's using more Dutch. And so he he's communicating communicating to them in a language they can't understand. But it's been beautiful that over time, my parents have really humbled themselves too. And they've started to try to learn little Dutch phrases or words and like helping him little things, which I'm shocked. I'm shocked. My parents were always so scared of that. They were always so like, overwhelmed. You know, when we first moved to Florida, it was like, Oh my gosh, all this Spanish. And I can't understand people. What are they saying? Like, but now it's like been beautiful to see them. Yeah. Like again, seek that connection. Like where is he at? Right. And so I think for me to combat those fears, I had to also, this is my personal experience. Dina Lynn is I have combated, combated my fears sometimes by actually 
combating the fears of others. My parents were afraid. And I'm like, how do I explain this to them? Because I'm also a little afraid. So I like educated myself. And I realized the more I educated myself, the better I was able to eloquently literally communicate my my own information and my own feelings to my parents that it helped me. You know, um, what first felt a little defensive, I felt a little defensive at first, like, you know, um, explaining to them, no, 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 this is normal. And this is what I'm supposed to feel uh, or what, it, what, it, how it really is. It actually helped me by educating myself and, and working on it with Mason myself. It helped me actually communicate my own feelings and fears, because that was some of it too. In the beginning is I didn't even know how to bring words to my own fears that were lingering and that were there, you know, below the surface. That makes total sense. I am so glad that you did pursue studying that and figuring out what it is that you need to understand in order for you to be able to alleviate what's going on inside of you. And of course, then when we do that, we, we are letting what is going on with our child be the leader. You know, we're looking mm, at, yeah. we are able to shift our mind into the broadness of thinking of what is going on with him and letting that yes. your son's experience be your leader in your searching. And when we say, let mm. the child lead, this is one of those really good examples of how, what their experience is, is you're trying to get behind their eyes and see what it is that mm. they're experiencing to understand the world from their perspective. And then your questions are a little bit easier to be formed when you can try to yes. step behind their eyes. And I think that that's a really fabulous way to alleviate your fears. I want to bring attention to some of the things that you said that actually tell me that your son is not delayed in thinking, but only delayed in time. And that would be how you talked about him using the sign language to make the connection, how it is that his physical skills, he will go to a place or a thing and, and deliver <laughs> to you, you know, like his cognitive ability is present in when you watch what it is that he does with his body to be able to communicate. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you talk about, you know, like, well, I talk about as a speech pathologist, we say, okay, at this age, they have about 50 words. At this age, they have about 100. Mm -hmm. At this age, they have about 500, right? right. We, we tend to do that in our counts to figure out if a kid is developing on time. But until they have heard the same word repeated for hundreds of times, it doesn't come out of their mouth. Now, if you wow. have twice as many words for each item, and let's say banana, because you use that example, and he's got a, a picture representation in his movement with his hands, he's got Dutch, he's got English, and we're going to have to use all three of those in these hundreds of times before it's going to come out of his mouth. But it doesn't mean wow. that he has less cognition, certainly not, because dual language, multi-language expands the connections in the brain tremendously. So it's very good for our kiddos. But at the early stages of telling, of, of speaking for our little ones, there is this time that they input a lot longer because they have more that they need to input and you are doing that mm -hmm. input. So for parents, I would say, keep talking, keep using both languages because you're still trying to reach, let's say, you know, like 400, I think is one of the, the points of say a word 400 times before it comes out your child's mouth, they get 400 inputs. So he hears the word banana 
in English 400 times mm -hmm. before he's saying banana. Not that you need to use it in context every time he sees it on a, <laughs> in the television right. programs or in his school or whatever, you know, but like it's a, it's a thing to get it in so many times. And so when you have more than one language, it just plain takes time to get that many inputs before your child is able to form it and get it out. So wow. keep doing what yeah. you're doing. Keep exactly <laughs> what you're doing. You're following his lead in what it is his interests are. You're giving him language for what it is that he is needing right now at the playground. You're talking about playground things. And then when he's not communicating yeah. with friends, you jump in to help him build his connection with these new little kids. And all along the way, he's learning to trust you and build that connection with you, that you are a resource that he has and he can count on you to give him the language he needs to be able to build his his communication and his connection with his fellow teachers, his That's students, cool. all of that. It's beautiful. Thank you. I I so I so agree and it's been amazing to just play with it and have fun and and whether it is like you said the the images we see on the TV, you know, we very often will pull up uh, TV shows that he likes and we'll put them on in both languages, you know, just to continually have that language of both like in the house or it's very fun for me to watch uh, a, a series from the US in Dutch and see how much can I pick up or stories, you know, something that's been really great is by raising him bilingual because I wasn't raised bilingual, I am becoming bilingual with him. And it's great because when you read a book that's for a one, two, three-year-old, I, I joke saying that's kind of the level I'm at right now, but I'm able to, you know, read these with him. And then he's hearing those same words, that repetitiveness. And I think we, as, as any parents out there listening, especially that has littles, if you have little early language learners, it's like they so often they get obsessed with that same show or that same book. And for us, it's been great for language learning because as we read this same book over and over, sometimes in both languages, he's picking up the language. And now, you know, what's been so cool is he's really starting to pick up the words. Like he can actually spell out the letters. And it's amazing how, um, you know, when he hears, like if daddy says, like, what color is this? He'll say, rolled to like red in Dutch and then all the other, um, you know, all the other things will be in Dutch. And then if mommy says it, I'll say one thing in, um, in English and then all the other colors what he'll say will come out in English. So it's amazing how their brain <laughs> starts to, starts to disassociate, like starts to separate. Sort. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just sorting. It is. It's, and it's just sorting and it just takes time and patience and giving it to them and also giving them permission to, to have it because we know that toddlers can have a very low, <laughs> sense of patience. Of course. So now to recap some of your main points, uh, you might have to help me with this because I got so captivated in what it is that you're saying. I didn't take as many notes as I was going to take. <laughs> this is fabulous. One, you recommend all parents that have a dual language home get connected with other people that are raising children in a dual language home for encouragement and to know what the norms are. And, to, and that will help parents to know if they need additional help from a school? Like, is it a disorder kind of delay or is it just a time delay? You talked about how you build connection for your children with the other kids by jumping those boundaries of like, you're going to only be the English speaker and your husband's only going to be the Dutch speaker, but you jump the boundaries when the, when it's needed to be able to support your child. 
you talk with the school about what language goes on in the home so that they understand this is a, a comprehension issue or what language they can jump into or give a word here and there so you have something things in common. When you're dealing with an older child, and, and I think it pertains to younger children and husbands, <laughs> you are you're talking with them from the perspective of curiosity, exploration, enjoyment, fun, and you're trying to hear them and really learn to listen well. And that builds the connection for our other people, like your stepdaughter that speaks Dutch, and that will help build those bonds so that the communication barrier isn't quite so big. You have fun stories of snafus along the way, and um, and I love it. Was there anything that I missed as some of your main points that you can think of? Honestly, no. I think everything you said was such a beautiful recap. And I believe if even if the parents listening, if you just follow those three things, you will feel yourself so much more encouraged, so much more um, seen and heard and feel hopefully uplifted. That would be my heart for everyone listening is that you would feel encouraged and uplifted because I know that this can be a really um, exciting but challenging endeavor. And it's just so important for you to know you're not alone and that you will get through this. And there will be a day that you're just going to be blown away by your child and be so happy and so proud that you made this decision. And I can promise you that they will also thank you for it. Absolutely. The gift of multi-language is so, so huge. And I would 100% agree with you. If any parents have the opportunity to raise their children in this dual lingual, mon, uh, multilingual experience in the long run, it is so worth it. In the short run, you've got extra challenges, but the long run makes it worth it. Kudos to you, Cheyenne, for really diving in and being a light to other parents that are doing the same so that they can have some some understanding that this is normal. Now, like, how would you like people to connect with you? Should they want to follow up with you? Oh my goodness. We'll book a few tickets to Belgium. Come visit us. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to immerse you in this beautiful, just God-given experience that I have here. But obviously a more cost-effective and practical option would be to, uh, connect with me online, you guys can do so and find me on social media. I'm mostly on Facebook and Instagram under my name. It's Cheyenne Clayman. And I'm sure that Dina Lynn will put the exact spelling in the show notes below. I and will. if you happen to be, thank you. And if you happen to be a mom of littles, a mom who is desperate to find uh, basically a tribe that understands her, that accepts her, that loves her, that doesn't judge her, and you want to find some balance boost the energy in your life so that you can have energy beyond just raising your littles, having that energy for yourself, for your husband. I have a free Facebook group that I'd love to introduce you to. I'd love to invite you to, and uh, you can actually find us at momnationcommunity.com. And I'll make sure that Dina Lynn also gets that link below so that you can come join us. And I also have a podcast with the same name, Mom Nation, and we're available uh, all over all the different podcasting websites. And uh, I, they're also so communicate uh, a lot about this topic. I'm always addressing things to do with children, raising children, but also how moms can feel um, connected to themselves, you know, listen to their mom tuition, as I like to call it, and believe in themselves and move forward with their gut instinct, because I think we've lost so much of that in the today's world. So I'm there to validate you, encourage you and uh, empower you as a mom. 
Thank you, Cheyenne, for being such a resource for the parents in this world, not just uh, in our small space, but you are making a, a change in the world, a light in the world. And I too love your podcast. I have listened to multiple episodes now, and I'm really grateful for the work that you do. We pair up so well. So thank you. I will have the links in the show notes below if you would like to follow up with Cheyenne. If you want to follow up with me, my link is also in the show notes, and I would be happy to work with you if you want to be able to learn how to build the communication and connection strategies with your children through language. Thank you for joining us today on The Language of Play. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.